welcome to The Catholic Foodie. This is part two of episode seven. In this episode, we're talking about pizza. My name is Jeff Young, The Catholic Foodie. You can find me at catholicfoodie.com, where food meets faith. And I had so much feedback for episode seven uh, via email and uh, some voicemail. And uh, also uh, had some comments on my Facebook page, the Catholic Foodie Facebook page. We just had so much that uh, I, I had to divide episode seven into two, uh, two parts. So this is part two, and during this part, we're going to talk about, uh, well, we're going to have more feedback, first of all. We still have some feedback to talk about, and we're going to talk about uh, some resources on uh, pizza in case you want to start making pizzas at home, or if you already make pizza at home, perhaps you want to start to um, uh, kick it up a notch and, and uh, take it to the next level. I'm also going to share with you my uh, recipe for dough and my basic, very, very basic recipe for, uh, for sauce. So we have all of this, all of this on pizza, this, this phenomenal uh, dish, this culinary dish, this disc of dough. We have all this and more here on The Catholic Foodie, where food meets faith. Those uh, goodies in there. Granny, Granny Puckett, the goodie lady? My goodness, she makes some good goodies. She's got a thing. It's like a, uh, it's like a uh, cookies, shortbread chocolate dicing between very... It's good. Uh, it's very good. The first thing we're going to talk about today is more feedback. We have a few more uh, emails that came in. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the first one here is, uh, this is from Lisa. I'm probably going to butcher your last name, and I apologize in advance, but uh, Hoteline, Hoteline, I believe, is your uh, is how you pronounce your last name. I could be completely wrong, and if I am, I'm so sorry. Uh, but Lisa writes, she said, the best pizza is a local place here in the Twin Cities called Broadway Pizza. They only have one type of crust, homemade, thin. My favorite is their white pizza. It's an herb seasoned chicken, onions, slices of tomato on a white sauce, topped with Romano, Parmesan, and mozzarella cheeses. I have them add black olives to make it truly out of this world, but that's just me. <laughs> well, that sounds pretty good. I like that. Uh, the herb seasoned chicken. I love that. Onions, tomatoes, uh, and, and the white sauce. I really, I have to admit, I'm, I'm partial I really love a red sauce. I love a good red sauce. For me, the pizza is all about the dough. Is the crust good? I like it where it's it's um, it's soft or chewy on the inside, but and, and thin, really thin, uh, and, and crunchy on the outside. Um, and the sauce, I, it's just something about tomato sauce. I love it. So I'm I'm real particular about the sauce. That's my favorite. But I also do enjoy the white sauces, like an Alfredo sauce. Or just a very simple um, olive oil with garlic sauce on some pizzas. That's just phenomenal. You know, and I love the different cheeses. You know, the Romano, the Parmesan, the mozzarella. Uh, matter of fact, on the pizzas I made, uh, I made last night and I'm making tonight, uh, I used provolone as well as uh, mozzarella. And that was a little trick I learned from, uh, from a, a book that I was reading just the other day. 
So, you know, there's so many different kinds of cheeses that you can uh, experiment as well. I've used feta in the past, and feta's, oh, I just, I love it. So doing like a Greek kind of chicken, uh, like you could do like a Greek chicken um, pizza using feta, uh, and that'd be incredible as well. And you said add the black olives. Now, I have to admit, like anchovies, I just don't like black olives. That's just me. You know, I know my wife loves them. My kids love them. At least the girls do. Christopher, this is one thing Christopher doesn't like, the black olives. But, uh, you know, I don't know why. I just, I don't have a taste for them. Uh, I like, you know, with a, a muffalata. If you ever had a muffalata with the, uh, the olive salad, the olive mix uh, in, the, in the sandwich, I don't mind that at all. That's olives. It's not black olives, but it's olives. Um, I don't mind that at all. But I just don't like olives just in general, especially black olives. But I love olive oil, so go figure. I don't, I don't know what that's uh, all about. Um, anyway, thank you so much, Lisa, and I'm sorry if I butchered your last name. Um, I, some, sometimes I think that uh, I need to see things spelled out phonetically so I can get it right. I had a lot of, a lot of feedback, and several times uh, with reading through these emails, I'm thinking, golly, am I pronouncing these people's names right? So anyway, I'm very sorry if I, if I messed that up. All right, we also have an email from uh, Debbie Schroeder, and Debbie writes, Dear Jeff, Pizza has to be one of our favorite meals. About eight years ago, I started grinding my own wheat to make fresh whole wheat breads. Since that time, I have learned how to make a few more things. One was fresh pizza dough and our very own homemade pizza. There are several types of wheat which can be made into breads and dough. The hard wheats, like red and white, make up wonderful yeast breads, while soft wheat is used for quick breads, cakes, and cookies, among other things. So what's the difference between hard and soft wheat? Well, the hard wheat is planted in the cool, dry northern climates. It produces harder or hardier, hardy wheat that is high in gluten, making it perfect for uh, yeast breads. Soft wheat is grown in more temperate climates, and it does not endure the frozen temperatures as its hard cousin and is known as pastry flour. So did you know? that during the Civil War, the South was unable to get wheat from the North, and yeast breads became scarce. Farmers in the South were able to grow soft wheat, so the Southern housewife and cook became well-known for their biscuits, their cakes, pastries, and not to forget cornbread. <laughs> That's right, corn, cornbread is pretty big here in the, in the South. So we have red versus white here. Uh, both hard and soft wheat have a variety of red and white grains that may be grown, there's a subtle taste difference in the red and white hard wheat. Red wheat is a hearty, nutty flavor to it, while the white is more subdued. Uh, for our pizza dough, I use the hard white. We found the red wheat just a bit too overwhelming for pizza, but the wheat is ground fresh just before using it. I have a mill, I have a mill right grain mill from uh, Retzel Manufacturing Company. And we use the stone wheels giving us true stone ground wheat. That is cool. Wow. Uh, the mill is not portable. It weighs about 37 pounds, but it is the best mill I've ever used. That is so awesome. I wish I had one of those. <laughs> uh, I've included a photo of the mill taken during one of our bread-making sessions. By grinding the wheat just before using it, we get all the nutrients God gave us in each and every kernel. Prior to the 1900s, before millers began to separate the wheat and the germ from the flour, then bleaching, then bleaching it to make it white, 
Families would take their wheat to the local miller each week to be ground fresh. Mothers, grandmothers, daughters would spend an entire day baking fresh bread for their families. My grandfather used to tell us how wonderful great-grandma's home smelled and how he relished the still warm, fresh baked bread with sweet, creamy butter slathered all over it. Whew, that's awesome. And how back to our pizza. Okay, now back to our pizza. We make a uh, simple French bread dough and let it rise about 45 minutes, then proceed to make a couple of pizzas. Each pizza covers a whole cookie sheet. Uh, and my pizzas are rectangular, not circle. The sauce is spooned over the dough, and depending on our fancy, uh, for the evening we will put pepperoni, cheese, fresh onions, mushrooms, maybe some green or red peppers, and definitely black olives on it. Here we go, black olives again. <laughs> uh, when done, the pizza is more like a deep dish pie filled with lots of delicious things. And of course... Lots of love. So, no one goes away hungry after eating my pizza. <laughs> Another interesting pizza I have had while in my hometown of Buffalo, New York, was a wonderful salad served on top of warm pizza crust, just hot out of the oven. Uh, much like an antipasti, but with a twist. Next time we have pizza, I will be enjoying one myself, as my family loves the traditional style better. Thank you for your wonderful podcast and the great recipes you share with us. Keep up the good work. Blessings and pox, Debbie. Thank you so much, Debbie. That's uh, that's really amazing. I mean, to have your own mill and to kind of to go back to the way it was. Uh, and I totally understand. My wife and I have talked about this before. You know, nowadays, just in general, if you want to eat healthy, if you want to eat really well, it's expensive because everything is so cheap that everything now it's like the the, the types of foods that are either canned foods that have you know tons of foods with preservatives or uh, even your flour that has been you know bleached white, your sugar which has been processed to no end, all those things are cheap. There's more processing that, that goes on with that stuff, but it's cheap. The good stuff, the fresh stuff, is all expensive. And it's like it's, it's a really whacked out kind of system. It doesn't make any sense. But that's that's the way it is. So we have uh, we've tried to to kind of go back to to using or to eating to cooking with uh, fresher ingredients. But we have not been able to do what you do. I mean, goodness gracious, to have your own uh, mill and uh, to have the different types of uh, of grains that's phenomenal. And matter of fact, you mentioned here. Let me see where was that? It was something about uh, the the difference between the hard and soft wheat. And uh, I was just looking up in a uh, in a book the other day, and I'm going to tell you about this book uh, later. It's called The Art of Pizza Making. And in this book, the author shares some trade secrets of uh, some of the best pizzerias in the in the world. And apparently, in you know traditional pizzerias, and I'm not talking like Domino's and Papa John's and all those kind of places, but real down home pizzerias. They use this higher gluten yeast, or I'm sorry, not yeast, wheat, right? The flour that contains this higher level of, of gluten. And that's like one of the trade secrets of these pizzerias. Um, you can only buy that stuff commercially. You can only buy it in bulk. I mean, there are a few places, I think, where you can buy just a small three-pound, five-pound bag of it. It's pretty expensive, though. But if you go commercially from a, a wholesaler... And buy you know fifty pound bags, hundred pound bags. It's a lot cheaper, of course. But this is what the pizzerias use, 
And that's why there, there's this, this certain sort of uh, texture or feel of the crusts and a lot of your pizzerias that try as you might with better for bread flour or all-purpose flour at your house, you can never duplicate what you have in the pizzerias. Not not perfectly. You can make some really good pizza with better for bread or all-purpose flour. You can. You can make some good pizzas with that. But it's almost impossible, if not impossible, to replicate what you have exactly in these pizzerias because they're using a different category of wheat altogether or flour altogether. It's a high-gluten flour. So very interesting um, – it's a very interesting thing to to think about, um, and I would be really interested. I mean, I, you know what you're doing, uh, Debbie. You know what you're doing here. Um, it would be really interesting to see, like how how, like from your perspective, how does the wheat or how does the flour differ from, say, like making the uh, using a better for bread type flour from using what you have, right? Which is that that higher gluten flour. When you're making a dough, how would you describe the difference between those two? That would be something interesting to know. If you ever think about it or have a chance to write me just a little note, uh, let me know the difference that you see personally. Anyway, thank you so much for sharing that. That was uh, that's amazing, and the pictures are great too. That's a 37-pound mill. Wow. Our last piece of feedback comes from uh, Mike Michael. Uh, Cleet, and uh, let's see, this is what uh, Michael has to say. He says, uh, Jeff, my favorite pizza is an Elise Ecstasy from Lefty's Gourmet Pizza in Niwot, I think it's Niwot, uh, Colorado. The pizza was named for the owner's daughter, Elise, and the owner has a pizza named after each of his children. So you have Christopher's Dream, Sarah's Special, Nicholas's Favorite, and of course, Elise's Ecstasy, my favorite. The pizza is made of light pesto sauce, ricotta, and Roma tomatoes. Uh, my wife is allergic to tomatoes, so we have to leave those off when we order it. And I always order this when I go back to Colorado to visit. It's a great pizza from a family-owned business. That, uh, they now have a page on Facebook, actually, and I'll send you an invite to join. Thank you, Mike, formerly of Longmont, Colorado, but now of Lake Forest, California. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for sending that, and thanks for the uh, the link to the Facebook page. I, I did join uh, Lefty's Gourmet Pizza uh, on Facebook, and if any of you out there, any listeners, are, are you know on Facebook, you may want to check that out, Lefty's Gourmet Pizza. And that's uh, one of the things I could say is that uh, that I really like about these like family-owned pizzerias is they they have their own character. It's like it's like a it's, it's a family-owned business. They all have their own character. They all have something special. Uh, you know, Lefties, he names a pizza after each one of his children. Pizza Man in Covington, they have uh, all the artwork, you know, all around, uh, you know, pizza boxes, artwork all around the, the walls. They've got this jukebox from 1970-something playing Puff the Magic Dragon. I mean, everything's got, it's got lots of character, and they're all different. Each, each place is, is different like that. Oh, and by the way, another really cool thing about Pizza Man in Covington is when you buy a gift certificate for someone, for instance, they don't give you a piece of paper that has, you know, $25 gift certificate or whatever. They give you a pizza box <laughs> that's been, you know, illustrated. It's a pizza box gift certificate, and you can do, you know, different types of, um, 
different types of occasions, whether it's a birthday or anniversary or whatever. And you can get a pizza box that, you know, is birthday themed or an anniversary theme or whatever it may be. So uh, it's really kind of cool. You walk out of there with a illustrated pizza box as your gift certificate. Isn't that cool? <laughs> anyway, um, so I love I love the the uh, the character of these places. So I have no idea if I'll ever be in Colorado. My sister actually lives in Colorado, so there's a chance I might get up there one day. But if I do, I will keep an eye out for Lefty's Gourmet Pizza. Oh, you gotta taste this. This is, oh, it's got this kind of mm, burning, melty, it's not really a smoky taste. It, it, it's a certain, oh, it, it's kind of like a, you know, it's got like this boom, zap kind of taste. Don't you think? What, what would you call that flavor? Lightning-y? Yeah. It's lightning-y! Oh, we gotta do that again! Okay, when the next storm comes, we'll go up on the roof. I know what this needs. Saffron. A little saffron would make this. Saffron. Why do I get the feeling it's, it's in, in the, the kitchen. kitchen? In the kitchen, and as I've already mentioned, in my kitchen, I am preparing pizzas. Uh, I I will talk to you right now about the, the dough that I make, but I mentioned earlier that the dough is rising in the oven, and I don't know if any of you uh, caught that and thought, hmm, that's weird. Why is the dough rising in the oven? Uh, well, what I do, because after you have uh, uh, kneaded the dough, yeah, I tend to uh, place it into a, uh, a a bowl, glass bowl, with some olive oil, and uh, cover it and let it rise. Now, the you know you're always supposed to let it rise in a place that's that's warm. Now, I don't have the oven on, but the oven when the door is closed is free from uh, the draft, the breeze, uh, the cold weather outside. So um, that's what it's it's in there to kind of keep it all to itself. And away from uh, from the the breeze. I also have a ceiling fan in my kitchen, and I um, I tend to like to have a uh, a breeze around me, so I let that run. So that's why it is in the oven. The oven is not on, <laughs> by the way. Okay, I mentioned earlier that when I first started making pizzas, my parents got me a, uh, a recipe book, a pizza recipe book, and I actually found it. It's called Pizza Pizzazz. By Richard Erickson, and this is the pizza book that I started with. It's it's a paperback. It's not, you know, it's like a little paperback book. It's only 64 pages long, and it gives a bunch of uh, recipes, and also walks you through making your dough and uh, also uh, a basic uh, sauce. So not a very complex, uh, complex or complicated uh, book, and I used that dough recipe for years, years and years. And it wasn't in just it wasn't until um, I guess several months back that I came across a website called PizzaTherapy.com. I don't know if uh, if you've ever checked that out before, but Pizza Therapy. It's pizza. It makes good therapy, I guess. PizzaTherapy.com, and the guy who runs the site is called uh, Albert Grande. That's his name, Albert Grande. Anyway, on his uh, site. PizzaTherapy.com. He gives a recipe for dough, and this is one of the cool things about his site because not only does he give you a recipe for dough, but there's some links also to uh, YouTube videos. And I guess you could just go to YouTube and 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 search for it. Uh, but he gives demonstrations where he's actually making the dough, and it's uh, all you know video uh, video recording of him mixing the everything together and kneading the dough. So he's teaching you how to make the dough uh, on YouTube, which is pretty cool. 
Uh, but I, I came across this recipe, and I tried it, and I like it. I like it a lot. So I have been using his recipe for the last several months, and this is the, the basic ingredients, basic ingredients, okay? Um, I tend to, he says, you know, use as much as four teaspoons of, uh, of yeast. I use three teaspoons of yeast, uh, two teaspoons of honey or sugar, and I've used both. I've used honey for a long time. I used honey, and then I just tried sugar um, yesterday and today. I'm trying sugar for the first time. Uh, four cups of flour, and he notes here it could be all-purpose or bread flour. And as I mentioned, I'm, this weekend I'm trying both. Uh, one teaspoon of salt, ha- um, one quarter cup of olive oil, one quarter cup of olive oil, and uh, one and a half cups of warm water. So it's very. This is a very different uh, list of ingredients, or I should say, measurements uh, of ingredients than in my pizza pizzazz book. So uh, here's the basic directions: you put, uh, you know, the sugar in a in a cup. You take, you know, half a cup of water. Make sure it's somewhere between 100 and 110 degrees. Uh, I, I put the sugar in there and kind of stir it up so it it uh, uh, disintegrates. Um, and then I add the yeast, three teaspoons of yeast, and I kind of mix that up as well. Then I set it aside for five minutes and let it uh, activate, right? That sugar in the water will activate the yeast. And in the meanwhile, while I'm waiting for that to happen, in a, in a large mixing bowl, I put four cups of flour. I put the teaspoon of uh, salt. I also put uh, the quarter cup of olive oil. And which, when I first heard that, a quarter cup of olive oil, it sounded to me like it's a lot of olive oil. But it, it is great. <laughs> it makes for a really good crust. So quarter cup of olive oil. And then I also take uh, another one cup of water. I heat that up to where it's also between 100 and 110 degrees and add that as well. Once the, uh, the, the yeast mixture, once the yeast is activated, I will take that and pour it in as well into the mixing bowl. Take a fork, just mix it up, mix it up, mix it up. Make sure I get all the flour off the edges. Make sure it's all um, mixed up really well until it, it forms sort of like a, uh, not necessarily a ball, but it's just one lump, one mass. And after that, I have a uh, a, uh, a cutting board, a wooden cutting board, where I have uh, floured that down really, really well. And you want to, when you put flour on the cutting board, you want to make sure you rub it in. You want to get it into the grooves, into the grain of the uh, the cutting board. So uh, I do that, flour my hands, dump the dough, and then knead it for uh, eight to 10 minutes. And you can see Albert doing this on his uh, on his uh, video on YouTube. And matter, matter of fact, I'll put a link uh, to that video in the show notes. But he will sit there and, you know, kind of the way I do it, I, I, I push down, fold over, push down, fold over, push down, fold over. And uh, incidentally, I do like to knead the dough by hand. I know that there's a, a lot of people and a lot of, you know, even professional pizzeria places, they use these huge mixers to do it. And uh, I've read a couple of books. One that I mentioned earlier, The Art of Pizza Making, I read through that uh, the other day. And he advocates using a mixer as well because the mixer can do to the dough something that you cannot do by hand. And I understand that, but I, there's something about this hands-on, just feeling the dough, feeling it transform itself, and 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 kind of in a sense, kind of come to life, you know, uh, that I really like. And I I just don't know how 
I've never done it in a in a in a mixer, and I actually have a, a large Cuisinart uh, mixer, and I could make the dough in there, and I I probably should just one time make it in the mixer just to see the difference. But I've never in the mixer to see the difference. I've never done that though, so I just like the whole hands-on with the dough thing. So anyway, do that for eight to ten minutes, knead it. And then I place it into a glass bowl. I put some olive oil in there, kind of coat the sides of the bowl, and then cover it with a towel. I stick mine in the oven, you know, with the oven not on, of course, and let it rise for an hour. After an hour, punch it down, and then cover it again and let it uh, let it rise again for another 35, 40 minutes or so. And then it's ready. Uh, all you have to do is uh, uh, take it out. And I cut mine. I make that 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 particular dough recipe for me makes four thin crust pizzas. So I pull that out, I cut the dough, put them in, you know, small in, in balls and put them back into the uh into the the glass bowl until I'm ready to start shaping the dough. So four pizzas, four thin crust pizzas out of that uh recipe. Now as far as sauce goes, I, I will say this, I discovered this a few months back as well. I have always, all of my life, I have made a sauce that's comparable to like a marinara. And I cooked it on the stove, you know, and, and, and had all the ingredients in there. I cooked it on the stove for I don't know how long, then added it to the pizzas. I came across something a few months back that basically introduced an idea to me that I had never thought of before. And that is an uncooked sauce. Their whole point, the whole point of what I came across was why are you going to cook a sauce and then recook it on the pizza? And it noted that in a lot of pizzerias, they don't cook the sauce. It's just a tomato sauce that's uncooked, and it cooks on the pizza. So I decided to try that out, and what I did is I went to the grocery store, and I got peeled tomatoes, typically the Italian-sized peeled tomatoes. And uh, I think I've been making a sauce with like two of the 28-ounce cans but this past weekend, because I knew I was going to do this two days in a row, I did three cans. Uh, so the, the whole peeled tomatoes, Italian style, uh, Cinto is the uh, brand that I typically use, but you can use Hunt's or whatever. Um, and I, I just take that, I, I open the cans, dump the tomatoes into a big, I use an all-clad pot, put it into an all-clad pot. And then what I do after I've dumped them, dumped them all in is I go and I, I, I crush each of these tomatoes by hand. So they're all crushed by hand. Um, I add a little salt and uh, uh, pepper, and I actually add a little cayenne as well, just enough cayenne to taste, and a lot of garlic. I'll mince garlic, and I have no idea how much I mince. I mean, it's probably, you know, five, six cloves, maybe more. It just depends uh, on, you know, how I feel that day, I guess. <laughs> And I and I add that to the uh, to the tomato sauce, and I also have uh, some Greek seasoning, which has like oregano and uh, basil and crushed red pepper and uh, what else, rosemary and things like that in there. So I'll add some of that to it as well. Stir it up, let it sit for a little while, and uh, you know it 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 really does. Uh, that's it. That's all that's in the sauce. Nothing else, and it really comes out well. So, you know, ladle that on the pizza, it cooks on the pizza, and I had I noticed a tremendous difference between my older pizzas, the ones I used to make, and the ones with the new sauce. 
I mean, it's unbelievable, night and day. So I will never go back to cooking my sauce before I put on the pizza. I'm always, from here on out, I am an uncooked sauce man when it comes to pizza. There's just no, no going back. So that's how I make my sauce and my dough. And uh, we're going to see how, I mean, last night the pizza turned out great. We'll see how it turns out tonight. share a few resources with you on pizza and I will have links in the show notes for these as well. The first one is a book by Peter Reinhardt uh, and it is called American Pie. In this book he documents his journey, his search, his quest for the perfect pizza. And uh, this is a guy who is a, I think he's Greek Orthodox, so he has a very uh, keen uh, sacramental vision or sacramental view of, of life. And he is, or at least was, I don't know his status now, I don't know what it was, but he was part of a, a religious community, um, and I believe it's in the Greek Orthodox Church. I don't know all the history, but bottom line is, you know, this is a guy who takes his faith seriously and who has been working in, in ministry, like with soup kitchens and also starting uh, very simple, like restaurants and whatnot in the past that have catered to people who were uh, either poor themselves, or they would hire people who were poor and, ha- and have them, you know, learn a trade in the, in the kitchen. So this is a guy who has a lot of um, uh, heart. So the first half of the book, Peter is recounting his journey, and in the second half, uh, he shares different recipes. So I personally, I don't have this book. I want this book, but I don't have it. It's available at Amazon, and I can uh, put a link in the show notes for you. But... Um, uh, I don't know, it's just a fascinating kind of book to me, and it's one that I hope to uh, to get. The next uh, resource I wanted to share with you is this book I just got a couple days ago. Excuse me, it's a couple days ago. It's called uh, The Art of Pizza Making. It was written by Dominic DeAngelis. Dominic DeAngelis. And apparently this was written quite a while ago. It was updated in 2007, but I think it was written originally in 1991. And this guy is actually an engineer. He's not like a, um, a professional chef. He's an engineer. He's got a doctorate in engineering. It's uh, uh, really pretty amazing. But he said that, once again, he is an Italian-American, and he is passionate about pizza, and uh, he has making thousands. He's made thousands and thousands of pizzas uh, for friends and family and everybody else. So uh, he has lots of recipes. And being an engineer, they are exact, right? Everything is is exact. Um, lots of different recipes. But the thing, the reason I got this book is really not even for the the recipes, uh, except maybe just a basic sauce and your your basic crust. But it was because he's got. Background information on different uh, different ingredients, and uh, he also reveals some trade secrets 
uh, from from you know pizzerias, and those are the things that I wanted to know. And uh, you know, apparently he interviewed several retired pizzeria owners. He said because uh, people who own pizzerias right now aren't interested in sharing their secrets, so he uh, he interviewed retired pizzeria owners. And one of the things that came out, and I think I've already mentioned this already, is the fact that they use a special type of flour for their dough. Uh, it's that high-gluten flour. So that, that was one of the, the secrets that, I came, uh, that came out of here. Also, he says that a lot of pizzerias will use shortening uh, to grease their pans and, and, uh, instead of olive oil. He, this guy does not recommend using olive oil at all, which personally I don't agree with. I love olive oil, but I understand his reasoning. He says that uh, uh, the shortening does something for uh, the pizzas that, that olive oil doesn't do. Basically, uh, it, it, a pan grease with olive oil allows the dough to shrink once it's put on the pan, but shortening will kind of has more sticking power, I guess. It'll hold it in place. And then, once again, as I mentioned earlier, he also uh, advocates using a mixer to mix your dough. So it's a really good, it's a good book. I'm glad that I got it. It's, uh, it's a short one. It's paperback. It's actually got one of those um, ringed bindings, you know, that plastic ring binding. So it's, it's a real, it, it's supposed to be used. It's like a cookbook that's supposed to be used in the kitchen. Uh, the recipes are okay. I mean, there's a few ideas that I got from there, but the thing I really wanted to know is, you know, what are some of these secrets of professional pizzerias? So, okay, and the last uh, resource I want to share with you is pizzatherapy.com. Uh, this is where I got my dough recipe, the one that I'm using right now, and Albert Grande is a man in love with pizza. He has written an ebook. It's available as a PDF file online. And you can go to his website, pizzatherapy.com, and there's a link down there if you want to uh, if you want to buy that uh, that book. Now, a, a couple things, you know, he does give you some tips and tricks and techniques uh, when you're actually making the dough and when you're assembling the pizza. So, what I really like about this is it's all doable, right? Everything that Albert shares in his book, it's all doable. The stuff that is shared in the art of pizza making, for me and for you. For regular people, we can't do all this stuff, right? It's just, it just, we don't have. I mean, it, now if you, uh, you know, some of you out there may have the ability to do this. I know I don't. My kitchen is limited. I've got limited space. I don't have a pizza oven in my kitchen. Uh, I don't have all the fancy tools that they have in a pizzeria in my kitchen. But I still love pizza and I want to cook pizza. So I can look at Albert's book and I get, you know, tips and tricks and techniques that. I can use. So that's why I really like his his book. Um, he he talks about yeah. You know, I already shared the dough recipe with you. Um, he talks about how you can learn how to toss dough like the pros. Um, he doesn't really tell you exactly how to do this. You can go on YouTube and find out. Uh, there's some links there. There's some videos there of, of trying to teach people how to toss pizza dough. I would love to learn how to do that one day. I can't do it yet. Uh, talks about, um, let me see, what else? There's something over here that I saw. Um, oh, one, one suggestion or tip he gives is to 
Peel garlic easily. Y'all might remember this from the garlic episode. To peel garlic easily, what do you do? You crush it first with a with a garlic, uh, um, what do you call it, crack peeler, or with the side of the knife. Uh, talked about that a few episodes back. Uh, so that's one of his uh, suggestions, one of his tips. And I thought there was one here I wanted to share with you, and I can't seem to find it. Um, Anyway, he does say, once again, use high-gluten flour if you can get it. All-purpose will work well. Sometimes for a softer crust, I mix half of all-purpose and half bread flour. It really just depends on what tastes good to you. So he really advocates using a pizza stone, which I do have a stone, and I really do like to uh, to use that stone. Uh, but I have to admit, especially after uh, last night and then again tonight, I think the, 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 the thing I like the best, more than the pizza stone, is my perforated stainless steel perforated pizza pan. It's a for thin crust pizza, and it cooks the bottom of the pizza really, really well. Um, you know, so that's the one I like the best. However, what Albert recommends, and this is something I haven't tried yet, is taking the stone and leaving it in the oven, let it heat up. You got to put your 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 oven on as high as possible. Now you have to keep in mind that professional pizzeria places their ovens go up to 800 degrees. All right, that's why they could put a pizza in there and it takes only a few minutes for it to cook. It's 800 degrees. My oven goes up maybe to 500. I mean, it doesn't even have a number for 500. I think 450 is the highest. But if you pass just past that, I think it's it's uh, going to be somewhere between 500 and 450. So if you take your uh, pizza stone, place it in the oven, let it get hot, and you actually build your pizza on the pizza peel, right, the, the wooden pizza peel, and if you've dusted that pizza peel really well, you, in theory, should be able to slide that that assembled pizza right off the peel and onto the stone. Now, if that if I were doing that, it would probably cook the bottom of that pizza a lot better. I'm nervous about doing that. Um, and I guess part of the reason is because I make these really thin, thin crust pizzas. And I'm just afraid that if I try to slide that thing, it's just going to rip and it's going to be a mess because... I've already assembled the pizza, the sauce is there, everything is there. So if I ever want to make a, a pizza that's a little thicker crust, then maybe I will try that. Make it a little thicker, and then I'll try to slide it off the stone once it, I mean, st- slide it off the peel once it is assembled. Just got to make sure that that, uh, that peel is really well dusted. So uh, lots of tips and tricks, great uh, recipes in here. He's got lots and lots of recipes, lots of really good uh uh, techniques. He talks about grilling pizzas, like grilling pizzas outside. Um, you know, really good stuff. So I, I encourage you to check out pizzatherapy.com. Uh, he has actually a recent, uh, he's got a blog, and one of the recent uh, blog entries has to do with, uh, you know, why should you make pizza? Why would you want to make pizza at home? I'm not going to go into all the details about it, but he, he talks about uh, five basic points or four, four basic points of why you should make your own pizza. Pizza is very easy to make, first of all. Uh, it's very healthy. Making it is very healthy. You have total control over the ingredients that you use. So if you wanted, like if you have dietary restrictions, as we saw, I think it was Sister Mary who talked about that, she can make a cheeseless pizza. Uh, if you have certain things, you can't have meat, you can only have vegetables, you can make your own pizza. So it can be very healthy. You get to tailor it to uh, how you want it. Uh, you will save lots of money. He talks about how uh, once you buy all the ingredients, once you have everything, you end up uh, being able to make a lot of pizzas for a lot less money 
than you would spend out uh, at pizzerias. And then also, pizza making is just plain fun. You can do it with your family. You can do it with your friends. It doesn't have to be just a solitary activity. So um, <laughs> this is funny, too. It's uh, one of Albert's catchphrases, I guess you'd call it, is, is uh, byline or catchphrase is, Pizza on Earth, Goodwill to All. So pizzatherapy.com, please go check that out. Well, this has been a very long episode. It's been the longest episode so far, I think, and I'm, I'm not trying to make them long. It just seems that there's so much to talk about when it comes to pizza. Uh, I, I, I wanted to share everything with you. Uh, I hope that you have maybe divided up listening to this episode over a couple days because it's so long. Uh, but I do want to um, ask once again for feedback. If there's something about pizza, a story that you have, uh, ideas that you have, something, let me know. You can send me uh, an email at catholicfoodie at gmail.com. I also have a, uh, a group page on Facebook. If you want to check that out, just look up the Catholic Foodie under Groups. And also, we do have a voice feedback line, and the number to the voice feedback line is 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974. So you can leave voice feedback there. You can also record an MP3 file, if you like, and send that in to catholicfoodie at gmail.com. Well, it seems like it's just about time to wrap up this show. Please do send me your feedback. Let me know what you think. Give me some more stories on pizza. Uh, in just a couple of weeks, we're going to have a Lebanese-themed uh, uh, show, and I will ask for feedback on Greek and Lebanese cuisine at that time. But until then, bon appetit.